Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. What is up? It is me, Ewan, from What Culture Star Wars, joined today by Ben Roy Turner. Say hi, Ben Roy. Uh, long live the hello there. Long live the hello there in another installment of the What Culture Star Wars podcast, again, focusing on this season's Mandalorian. Obviously, Chapter 12 came out today, a.k.a. The Siege, directed by Carl Weathers. Um, The full review should be up on the main What Culture channel and whatculture.com as well by the time this comes out, I would imagine. But we're going to do what we do every week now and have a nice little deep dive into the episode, discuss our hopes, our dreams, our loves, our not loves, and basically kind of expand upon the nitty gritty details of the episode. And, you know, given that this particular episode was filled with lots of nice deep cuts to the expanded universe, um, that'll be a fun job. Obviously, there'll be major spoilers ahead. So if you haven't seen the episode and do care about spoilers, you probably want to go and leave right this instant um, because we'll be kind of talking at them from the off. But yeah. Can I just say you wouldn't you want to go home and rethink your life? But you're at home anyway, so <laughs> it's true. You want to go, you've not got any death sticks to sell, you might as well just piss off. But yeah, um, we're gonna talk about the episode now. Obviously, um, if you're familiar with last week's episode, basically picks up with the Razor Crest, which is again in bad repairs, I want to say as well, Ben Roy. I thought it was very funny at the end of last week's podcast. I, we were yeah. both like, I really hope the Razor Crest. <laughs> doesn't break down and they have to get stuck somewhere and lo and behold what happens the Mon Calamari did such a bad job repairing the Razor Crest that Mando conveniently is like guess we have to go to Navarro then and then they land on Navarro where they meet Grief Karga and shenanigans ensue. (laughs) Do you know I think uh, the what is it the uh, Mon Calamari that repaired the ship mm-hmm. in that jumper. I think that was the actress that plays Iden Versio in Battlefront 2. I saw oh. some things flying around on um, Twitter about it. Like, I saw, I don't know if they were just memes or it was her, mm. like, uh, is it Gina? I yeah, she was, she, she, she was involved. I think, Gina. yeah, she did, she did tweet about it. Um, but yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know which role but, um, she played. <laughs> that, that was, apparently that was her. But yeah, it was funny. As soon as I said, we've got to fix the ship, I was like, well, there we go. It's mm. now 40 minutes of fixing the ship. And it, to me, this is probably, what, I say third in the ring of the episode so far. So it's not, I don't, like, none of them have been terrible. None of them, I would say, are bad. But this is better than... Uh, the Adventures of Fish Lady and the um, Xenomorph Spider. Frog Lady. Frog Lady. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Frog Lady. Sorry. <laughs> At least there was no genocide in this episode. Well, yeah, no genocide yeah. towards frog spawn, but there was towards Stormtroopers. Yeah, yeah. 
So the disappointment, obviously, is that we don't get to meet Ahsoka Tana in this episode, but we quickly uh, move from the, 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 the land and Grief Karg is like, hey, my boys, sort out this man's ship. Uh, and then they put Baby Yoda in a school where he torments a child and steals his space macaroons, which I really did love. And we learned that there was an Imperial base that was left behind on Navarro that Grief wants Mando to deal with and clear out because it threatens to destabilize the area. And if they do, Navarro can become a nice, cool trading beacon in the outer rim. It- it's kind of cool to see how the town has adjusted since season one. Obviously there, the Empire was still in control and it looked really janky and bad, but now they have bustling market stalls and, and cantinas that are now schools. And much, what did, yeah. How much time has passed? That's I, what I was no trying idea. to work out. It, it, feels, <laughs> it, it doesn't feel like a year has passed, but it looks like on Navarro a year or so has passed. Whereas yeah. I feel like it's been like 10 minutes. Yeah, since they were last there. I mean, it's fine. Like they do what they need to do to make it look nicer. I mean, you know, I'm a bit, I'm a bit, bit sad that there are no more jowls going about and no more um, slicious <laughs> crumbs on the barbecue. But you know, the, the quarrying we... monkey lizards—is that what they're called? Yeah, <laughs> something. Yeah, we we can always live the dream. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, we learn that there's an imperial base nearby, and grief is like, "Hey, Mando," in a, in a formula that we have come to expect from season two so far, which is literally just, "I need you to help me with X tasks so you can move along and move on with your life." Um, and basically, we come to the imperial base. The fish bounty man from the premiere episode again, completely forgotten their name. Ben Roy, you might be able to help me out there if you've got IMDb. <laughs> what, what? Who? Who played him? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I blah, I don't know. I don't know. I because no. I don't know the actor, so I'm well, sorry. I'll keep going with my unofficial designation. If we can have Frog Lady, I can have Blue F- Fish Man. Uh, they join searching. along, and uh, basically they come to the Imperial base. I've got uh, it. Um, oh, you got it. Uh, Mithril. Mithril. Oh yes, the fi- yeah. Okay, Mithril. Yeah, which cool. is right. always so close to Nifril, which now I'm going to mm. think of Frodo and his little shiny vest. <laughs> the entire, the episode. well there we go um so yeah, they get to the they get to the base and some action ensues and i don't know about you ben i thought the episode itself was well directed and i'm never going to slight carl weathers because i think he's fantastic but did you feel the action here was a little bit static as well like it was whereas with last last week's episode we had jetpacks we had a combination of all sorts of different action set pieces going on here it was almost like they were playing um a shooting gallery you know going to cover shoot and it it wasn't that compelling to me it's i'm really like i I think this might be a symptom of this being like the first major sort of like series on Disney plus mm. like maybe things after this, because weren't these both shot back to back. So like, they yes. Were... Yeah. So I think this is just Disney playing with like the, the penny purse, like the budget book saying like, mm. you've only got this much you can do. But I felt like this episode, especially would have, would have like helped with like it being an hour, for example, rather than, mm say it's 40 minutes but it's really 35 and you get into southern degree and it was so much jumping about that i felt like okay a few shots here a few shots here and then when our characters split up it's even more erratic like because it's boom 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 side swipe and then boom boom boom, boom. and then yeah. once i have another star wipe but i would have had, had like several star wipes in this than just <laughs> side wipes but yeah it just it felt a bit not over the place it just felt like we need to go we need to go we need to go we need mm. to save this money sort of thing yeah, it doesn't have really a moment to pause, but um, we'll yeah. get to the big revelation now because obviously once they get to the Imperial base, they discover it isn't an Imperial base, but rather an Imperial science facility. And they come to a room 
where two scientists are. They kill the scientists because they were shooting at them, and they discover da 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 a Snoke tube, or at least I think it's a Snoke tube. I think that's pretty clear right now. Obviously, in season one, the big theory going around the child and the reason why Werner Herzog's the client wanted the child in the first place was that there was some sort of cloning shenanigans going on. One of the scientists in season one who was there when Mando retrieved the child obviously had a Kaminoan cloners patch and we get a little bit of exposition in this episode when they discover the tube which i genuinely do think it's snoke palpatine related at this point um that the scientist again he emerges in this kind of hollow recording this transmission that he'd sent to moff gideon um talking about how the specimens they've acquired didn't have a quote-unquote high enough m count which obviously means midichlorians uh, and they mentioned they said it. it i wish they said it yeah, yeah. Which is why they needed the child. They needed the child's blood. And obviously they couldn't retrieve enough blood because they would kill the specimen. They'd kill the child. Um, and we don't learn much else besides that, but we now know for a fact that the reason why the Empire were after the child is that they were after Force-sensitive beings with high midichlorian counts. And the fact that they are Force-sensitive specifically and they are cloning implies to me that they needed some sort of Force-based... Like, even though... <laughs> Maybe I'm leaping too far ahead of this, but I think it is genuinely the Mandalorian's attempts to further explain the rise of Skywalker, which as someone who really hates the Palpatine twist, I'm not, I don't, I don't care. It's not something that I'm ever going to be interested by, but to that same degree, I am at least, you know, a little bit enthusiastic that they are now trying to make sense of it all. See, with the Palpatine stuff, I just imagine that he is such a strong being that his brain like his his essence can float around and just go wherever it wants but with this i think it's more akin to like say some of the star wars games we had like in the early 2000s where they were like trying to make force troopers but they were more doing it with the uh valley of the jedi and sort of force like Kyber, too as well yeah kyber yeah. crystals and those mm. in like a we've had like say what maybe five or six star wars games like mm. sort of do this sort of sort of like sort of gimmick sort of storyline where they try and infuse troopers with the force especially mm-hmm. in uh academy and outcast where they want force troopers to go to yavin and mm. take down luke's jedi temple so there's i think that that i think moff gideon is trying to infuse troopers with cer- certain abilities of the force to then mm. you have his own sort of like advanced army so maybe maybe launch an attack in coruscant because who knows like um what's going on down there at the moment yeah, I mean, that's interesting. That's an interesting theory. I still think that it is somewhat tied to the rise of Skywalker, even though that was so hodgepodge in its development. I do think yeah. maybe this is the hangover of that thread because the expanded universe now basically has the job of filling in the blanks of, of what happened and that film left behind many, many blanks. It's but, telling. Yeah, I would just say yeah. it's telling now that we've not had a book yet that has perfectly like smoothed over the cracks. Like with every yeah. film we've had in the Disney era, we've normally had a book or two to sort of like go, here you go, and then it's all sort of fine. With this one, it's kind of like uh we the, the fire's too big we can't <laughs> charles soul was there with the rise of carlo when Ka- carlo when i'm not elmer fudd <laughs> where we web it there was a the rise of kylo ren comic which attempted to explain the knights of ren that came out at the beginning of the year and that did some stuff with palpatine as well but yeah it, it definitely feels like a big bonfire that they're trying to deal with but i like the comparison you've made with the video games there because not to leap too far ahead although i think it's fair to do it right now given it's the main focus of the podcast is moff gideon's schemes um 
at the end of the episode, we'd learned that the mechanics that had safely, you know, repaired the Razor Crest and, and, and all that had um, planted a tracking device on the Razor Crest. And an Imperial officer basically is contacted by the mechanic to say that the tracking device is on board. Um, and then afterwards, she goes and informs Moff Gideon, who is standing in a room surrounded by dark troopers, not death troopers, Dark troopers, and I say dark troopers because I I do believe you know death troopers were bioengineered. You know they were they were genetically genetically modified stormtroopers, whereas death troopers in the original Legends expanded universe continuity were robotic, basically battle droid stormtroopers who were massive, and they were first introduced in Dark Forces, which was obviously then went on to become the Jedi Knight series. Uh, and they were a big staple of Star Wars video games for a very, very long time. And I don't think it's too premature to say that they're dark troopers either because they definitely look to be robotic and they have that stature of the dark troopers of yore. But this is our first, yeah. I, correct me if I did, when I was doing the review, I saw that they'd made an appearance in the Star Wars Commander mobile game. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say that isn't prestigiously <laughs> canonical and that, you know, Disney and, and, and Lucasfilm can basically do what they want because I'm, I think this is the first canonical appearance we've had of dark troopers in in the new canon yeah i mean i mean i, I would never take a mobile game as canon anyway like yeah. i mean I would, hey wikipedia had it on the canon section yeah <laughs> i mean the thing is that like certain books are getting overwritten every now and then with films mm. and the shows and like so games are conflicting some of the books i mean i think it, it just is more like whatever we see on a screen is probably mm. going to be what is the official thing and with dark troopers as well because i'm always wondering because are these ones also going to be able to turn invisible at some point because that's been mm. a sort of like uh they they sort of blended the dark and shallow troopers as well at some point so oh, yeah gosh, it's yeah. I think it's more, I, I really think that Gideon's trying to infuse these troopers with the the power of the force in some way, like, or heighten their metachlorian counts. Maybe like the more, the higher the metachlorian count, the, the more they can go. So like, you know, like a burst of adrenaline or some sort of thing, or like say any sort of thing that just makes them go harder and stronger. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm here for him having some good troopers that don't just sort of like fall down and melt and just be <laughs> rubbish. And maybe their armor as well might be sort of like have elements of Baskar in it. So they don't just oh, yeah. get swatted. Like that's why he may be like, cause he's obsessed with Mandalore, Mandalore, right? So maybe he's been tested on Mandalorians. Maybe he's taken their armor and he's infusing it with the empire. And it's, it just feels like, say, it just it just feels like when you get stories of like, say, World War Two, like crazy, like sort of like, sections of like the Nazi scientists trying to make certain humans stronger and testing on other humans, and also like taking what they have and infusing it with their own and basically making themselves better. Like mm. I feel like they're trying to go down that route, it, like it, it, especially like when we have like that secret laboratory where they're doing experiments slash cloning. I think it's a t- telltale for what's to come. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Cool. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I think that's we've got two interesting theories here. One that is that the, the child is the missing link between Palpatine's resurrection and Snoke and everything. And the other that Moff Gideon has his own scheme. The only reason why I think it is something to do with Palpatine is that Gideon seems to be serving some sort of larger purpose. You know, that, that call back to, you know, long live the Empire in the, in the last, in last, well, in last week's episode. And yeah stuff going on here. I definitely think it would be more interesting if it didn't have anything to do with Palpatine. That's just basically my own perspective as someone who was not a fan of the most recent Star Wars movie. Um, but again, I'm very intrigued by this. I, I, I definitely did a double take at the end of the episode because I wasn't sure what I was seeing. But I think with a degree of confidence, we can say it's the Dark Troopers. And, you know, this is another example of the new canon taking lots of inspiration from Legends and, you know, interweaving certain aspects of it. Um, which is why, again, I thought the, the video game comparison you had at the beginning, even with the clones themselves, yeah. was interesting. So I'm curious to see just how far this goes. Um, and obviously, I'm trying to recall right now. Is when when is Dave Filoni's episode coming up? Is that next week or the week after? Is he is he chapter thirteen? I'm just going to double check right now. I wish because, I was. Yeah. But um, where it's telling right now that we've been talking about, say, what maybe two, three frames. Uh, Dave Filoni is next week. Oh, next week, oh, cool, yeah. yeah. So that's the Ahsoka episode, I'm assuming. It, it, yeah, it's telling that we've um, been talking about, say the shot of the cl the clones in the pods and the shot of Gideon's troopers more than what's actually happened in the episode itself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> I mean, I, I love Mando and his little team of friends. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I love a good team up. Uh, everyone, everyone loves a good team up and uh, I enjoyed them being together. But I, again, I feel like this season is really suffering from the length of the episodes. Like mm -hmm. I, I, I want more time just there. Like say, I, I, it's probably all down to budgets and certain things like that, which is like fine, like that happens. But it just feels like, say, if even if some of these episodes had like an extra 10 minutes, man, or something like that, like, because it does feel like uh, Frog Lady and Spiders and this one, uh, sort of like they're either could have been like shoved into the same episode or they're sort of like spread, like not enough butter over too much bread, as mm. Bilbo Baggins once said. So I, I think <laughs> it's a good rhyme. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that, and I don't really <laughs> know if it's Bill by Backins or it's maybe it's Frodo. But um, I just hope that next episode we don't. It doesn't. It isn't just a whole episode of Mano going. My ship is now chugging a bit, and then I land, and then I talk to someone, and then we have yeah. a little chat, and then maybe there's a stormtrooper, and then a Soko for the a Soko, a Soko for the last <laughs> five seconds. You know what I mean? Like, I I want some more substance. I want some more meat on the bone in these episodes. Yeah, I mean. The thing, the, thing that, the thing that I can't wrap my head around 
with the season so far is the structure of it all. And it's, it's difficult for me to articulate because now that Side we have... Quests. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it has felt very video gamey, which again is on topic given the inspirations of this episode. Uh, but it does feel as though, you know, I've, I've spoken about this before on both the podcast and in the main reviews and the idea that, you know, Mandalorian or Dinjar is basically constantly involved with, I'm minding my own business. And then X person comes up to me and is like, help me, Mando. And he's like, well, I guess I'll help you to then move ahead with what I want to do. And it's like, it's not even just that though. It's not the video gamey nature of it. I feel as though structurally the season has just kind of zig and, zigged and zagged in all sorts of weird places. Now, I know at the end of season one, the main thrust was, you know, the armorer tells Din, you need to reunite the child with their people, take him to the Jedi. Um, and you'll, you have to seek other Mandalorians to do this. And which is why that he, that's the reason why he leaves Navarro and goes on his mission. Um, just, it, the, it just feels as though it's kind of come in a weird order and the other thing as well is that i can't quite wrap my head around the the overarching theme of this season yet you know we have the whole meeting other other mandalorians aspect you know he meets cobb vanth who isn't a mandalorian um but is arguably a more noble character than boba fett was um yeah. and you know he and then in the third episode he meets bo katan and the other mandalorians there and he's constantly getting his you know his his interpretation of what it means to be a Mandalorian constantly kind of, you know, being reworked and he's constantly having to reevaluate that situation. At the same time, we're having these occasional distractions and zigzags. And the one thing that I can't wrap my head around is that it just, it, it all feels just a little bit contrived at this moment in time. Um, like you have this whole situation where Navarro has been allowed to rejuvenate and stuff, but then the Empire were pretending that the base wasn't inhabited for some reason. And then we also then get to the point where, you know, the Razor Crest, it was damaged badly in the, you know, the second episode of season two. So then he takes it to the, the, the destination that he was going, but it's conveniently not then repaired enough, which then forces him to land in Navarro. If he doesn't do that, then he doesn't get, Moff Gideon doesn't track him with his little device. Yeah. Um, and we wouldn't have learned more about the cloning and stuff. And it, it, for me, and it's kind of weird as well, because most of these scripts, I don't, I can't, correct me if I'm wrong. I think this script was written by John Favreau as well. I can't remember, but for a series that has that singular creative vision in terms of not necessarily the directors, because each director has been able to put their own flourish on the show, but in terms of the, the narrative arc, it feels very hodgepodge to me in a, in a not great way. Yeah, John Favreau did write this one. Yeah, um, that's the, the first four episodes he's done and I can't figure out the main direction. So it just feels like, so we're going to go here, then here, then here, then here, yeah. then here. And I don't feel like we've really progressed any further in the story. I feel like, again, like I feel like we've had maybe an episode and a half's worth of maybe stuff to feed us. Like, mm. like I don't, like, fro, like Frog Lady existed solely to get us to the other, uh, to Bo-Katana, right? And mm. uh, that was great. Like, that was such an, uh, a great part. But then we then we get back to um navarro and as you said like only there somehow moff gideon had a couple of little like gremlins hanging about waiting for the mandalorian to turn up and be like ha 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 there's a tracker on your ship just mm. like a lot of star wars ha 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 <laughs> and also like if they if that base is so important if that base has got say like uh, a transmission came out three days ago and they're doing some major cloning stuff. If it was it Moff Gideon, he was on a Star Destroyer at the end of the episode, just bring yeah. that down and destroy the 
town settlement that is causing you trouble. Like, if you're that much of a evil man, mm. like which we know Moff Gideon is, just fly, hover above that settlement. Speak about this as a star destroyer that just got four hundred and seventy-four lids as he does his little speech, and then just blow them all up. I I don't get how. And unless he's off doing something else, like maybe he'll reveal it. I was off to the shops. That's why I couldn't destroy you all <laughs> earlier. Like, I, I, it's weird because, and you've mentioned Boba Fett. Like, what's Boba Fett doing? Yeah. Like, we have Boba Fett for a, for a, what, a couple of frames, and that was, and that first episode came, I felt came out so strong. Like, fine, I don't mind a detour episode in the first episode, but it feels like we've just been on one major detour, and I'm going back and I'm getting a platinum trophy for the Mandalorian season. <laughs> <laughs> because I just, I'm just doing side quest after side quest and I don't yeah. mind it but I almost feel like we've gone nowhere and at this point I'm wondering what happens because how many how much longer can we continue with this storyline well like is this is season three gonna have Baby Yoda dumped off like because mm. now Baby Yoda seems to be such a major major part of the show like I don't like I don't know how the audiences react once once or if that if the child is ever gone sort of thing mm. and there's so many threads like what's moff gideon gonna do are we just gonna wipe him off in an, ep- in an episode just be which will be sad ahsoka tana is she gonna be there or is she gonna are we gonna go on a wild goose chase for her what's bo katana and the rest of those mandos doing what are the mandos doing that left of navarro uh what's the uh forger doing boba mm. fett it's just all these sort of things that there's not like we've got four episodes left there isn't enough time for all of this that is my concern is that i had the epiphany a day as well that we're halfway through this season and i feel as though it hasn't spent its time particularly wisely and again it's i think the mandalorian can work perfectly fine as a showcase star wars series in the sense that it can show different aspects of the galaxy it can be a a horror show it can be a western show it can be whatever it wants it can show so many different aspects of the galaxy far far away and exists like that but the main thing is everyone enjoys this series the most when it's taking on that serialized approach when we're learning more about the central mystery um and like you said most of this episode we we only get little bits and sprinkles of like basically the entirety of this episode was action sequences child comedy and then two little teasers um and it is it is just weird to me because like i came out of it just oddly kind of feeling like i enjoyed that but equally i can't figure out what (laughs) why we're doing it in this specific way uh and and i guess the concern there is obviously we know there's going to be a season three um it's how much they're going to keep like how long can they eke out these plot threads Uh, and i think i totally agree with you i think the the short running time is definitely becoming a bit of an issue now on one hand i enjoy having a little kind of show to enjoy but equally for something as grand and as big as star wars i kind of do want to have a big premium kind of a long adventure each week and i want to learn more about this mystery again it just it it it, it confuses me because we have so much to do and we're spending our time not doing it. <laughs> this this show, it felt at first it was just going to be hitting some small bits. And then when we had uh, uh, Werner Herzog in the first couple of episodes, it complicated profession. And I'm just bitched his accent. And we have all that sort of thing. But then now we're going so grand, so fast, that it feels like the, what the Mandalorian is going for is escaping the parameters of what the show promised us in a way. Like, mm. I feel like it's promised too much. And by promising us too much, it's going to 
But you know, unless unless the structure for because obviously they filmed these two back to back, unless the structure for the next season and probably the season after are vastly different, I don't know how this is gonna sort of like satisfy. Like, mm. uh, like the structure for the first season probably was great, where you had three episodes of a, a central story, three of uh, you know just not fillers, but sort of like you know the old sort of like Xena warrior princess or Hercules, where you just go and do a thing for or Star Trek mm-hmm. Next Generation, where you do a thing for an episode. <laughs> yeah, procedural. Yeah. yeah, procedural. And then um, just I'm just trying to name drop as much as I can, and then you finish <laughs> off with a nice little double part or a triple part. Like, but I don't feel we're getting that. I feel like we just. We just was like, oh, but Bukatana, uh, Boba Fett, uh, 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 clone stuff, uh, Death Troopers, more stuff. Ah! It's just like, it's, it's like someone's taking their playset and they're throwing it about and they're like yeah. smacking them together. And I know that sounds reductive in a way, but it's also like, I just, I need to know, I need some sort of like, some tightening up of this in a way, like when we come to the next episode, if like, if we have another episode, if the ship breaks down ever again, then (laughs) I'm going to have a breakdown (laughs) sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, looking ahead to the next episode, um, where do you see this going? Because obviously, you know, we, we had the, we have the clone tease. We've had the, um, the, 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 the dark troopers at the end as well. Um, And then the next episode is being done by Dave Filoni. So assumedly it is the Ahsoka episode. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to repeat the discussion that we had last week, but um, yeah, I'm I'm curious to see just how much. I wonder if Ahsoka has any history of Moff Gideon right now. I mean, it's difficult to speculate, um, but yeah, I'm kind of in an oddly similar position to you right now, where I don't know whether it is worth speculating on the next episode because obviously, I know we know for a fact that this is going to be the Ahsoka episode because it is, you know, Dave Filoni was like such a huge influence in the Clone Wars, but equally, I'm just at that point now where even though I thought this episode was fine, I'm just like, ha, I'm going into these last four thinking, are you going to be able to, like you say, resolve everything in a satisfying manner? Yeah, it's weird. Cause like looking at IMDb, I don't know how like uh, great that is, but it says it's giving another 40 minute episode and it's got mm. a couple of the cast members. I wouldn't say anything sort mm. of thing there, but I just, I feel like you start the next episode, if you don't start it with Ahsoka Tana straight away, like just start swinging, just like mm-hmm. start with, don't give me 20 minutes of him finding Ahsoka. Like, or if you do that, then make sure the rest of the episode is a payoff sort of thing. And don't like, don't try and cram too much in because I think that's what they got these grand ideas on probably, a, again, I see the smaller budget that they've had for these, but yeah, just it, you got to start straight up. You can't have a whole episode leading up to Ahsoka and then have Ahsoka the week after, unless you had some sort of like, unless Moff Gideon is literally on his tail or doing something. Like we've got to have if we if we are stringing this out another episode for Ahsoka, we her at the end we need something to actually happen, not Mando go and see another friend like say and remember what we did last season that was great no thing yeah i mean yeah that that pretty much covers everything right now you know the main scheme i thought 
is interesting to see that unfurl. But yeah, the Dark Troopers were my big takeaway and obviously the cloning stuff as well. Let us know what you think Moff Gideon's big scheme is down in the comments below or on social media if you've been listening through all sorts of different places. Remember, you can find more What Culture Star Wars content on YouTube by going to What Culture Star Wars. And you can obviously remember to follow the What Culture Film and TV podcast wherever podcasts can be found. And remember, you can also find me on Twitter at you ruins things and find ben roy on twitter at at ben roy turner but we will see you next time anyway have a great day and may the force be with you long Bye. live the empire long live the empire mandalorian <laughs> <laughs> planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.